Hey, what's up? Welcome to For the Love of Fiction. This is Haley. And this is Jessica. And today we are going to talk about Guild and Glint by Raven Kennedy. And these are the first two books in the Plated Prisoner series, of which book three will be out on May 31st of this year. Yay! So today we're going to start with book one. So that was Guild. And the reason that we're doing both of them is because book one had a lot of world building in it. And so most of the entire first book was world building. So we are going to give you an introduction to the world of Orion. 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 O-R-E-A-N. So whoever knows how to pronounce that. (laughs) Yes. Um, That is the world that they're in where our characters are taking place. So I think the author did a really, really, really good job of making, um, I guess, helping you to visualize where the setting was. She really planned out the world really well. She's able to explain all the different areas of it. So the story starts off in um, uh, kingdoms, the sixth kingdom, which is where our main characters take begin. And there's other uh, kingdoms, like five, four, they're all numbered. Um, And they all have very different weather, basically. The geology of all of them is very different. So it, it does talk about them. It touches on all of them that aren't directly in book one so book one is mostly taking place in six you're going to be in six the whole time and it is a snowy almost wasteland i would say there's not a lot there like it's it's always storming constant blizzards yes not just like calm chill snow they breed special horses that can get through the snow yeah uh, big furry horses Mm -hmm. and then the fifth kingdom is kind of similar. It's just really cold and icy, but not stormy. Yes. Um, and then there's other kingdoms that have um, beaches. Beaches, yeah, warm, kind of like summer all year long. And then the fourth kingdom, which is like the wicked kingdom, mm-hmm. is the rotting kingdom. But people don't really know a lot about the fourth kingdom because nobody wants to go there. It's the one with all the rot. And that actually comes from the name of the king of this fourth kingdom, who's they call King Rot, and he his power or his ability is to just kill things basically, make it all die. It rots, so that's where the name King Rot came from. As for the abilities, this is something in this world. There used to be seven kingdoms, and the seventh kingdom was the one closest to the land of the Fae. Arnwin, Arnwin, Alwin, Alwin, something like that. Start with an A. And it was the kingdom where all the Fae were from, and the seventh kingdom was the one closest to it. So when the Fae decided to destroy the bridge between these worlds, seven went away. So seven is no more. Now it goes straight to six. Every king has to have some kind of power. So these people have powers from, inherited from the Fae. Inherited from the Fae. So, so when they mingled and I guess interbred, interbred or reproduced together. <laughs> so they still have these like lasting powers. So in order to rule one of these kingdoms, you have to have power. So this kind of brings us into our characters. So our two main characters starting off. Is King Midas and okay. our <laughs> gag. Okay. And then Aaron. Um, 
So King Midas is just like the what you would think with the typical story, the golden touch. Uh, King Midas is not necessarily from the Sixth Kingdom. The, he married into the Sixth Kingdom because he had powers and he could rule because of that. Arryn is someone that he met before he was king, kind of took her in, and she ends up being something called a saddle. Okay. I'm trying to get past the use of the word saddle because I hate it. <laughs> That's another and gag. it makes me want to die. <laughs> um, but, so, the king basically has his saddles, and it is essentially prostitutes, maybe? It's the king's harem, essentially. Yes. But they're just all the king's whores. <laughs> yes. And it's not that I like the word whore. I like it better, I like than, it better saddle. than saddle. But I understand the use of the word. It holds a lot of power in the book. Yeah. And how it how they're how it's used and how people are called. But Arn is a, essentially the favored saddle. And yeah. she herself is gold touch. She's special. And she is a woman literally of gold. So apparently he touched her, turned her to gold. But she's not like some when you think about that, she's not some golden hard statue. She's a human, but her she's made skin of gold. Is gold. Yes. yes. And they frequently talk about how she is the favored saddle. And he has never gold touched anyone else, but she can still walk around all of her part. She just like glimmers. Her hair is made of like strands of gold. Well, she can walk around in her cage. So because she's the favorite and because she is gold touched, he keeps her in a cage that he has built in the palace that actually does connect to multiple rooms. So she can go in the library, her bedroom, the throne room. Throne room mm-hmm. or the yeah, because really she can stand behind the throne and watch. Yes, and then the like the gazing area where there's a glass ceiling. Oh, that's what I was thinking of the throne room. Yes, the place with the glass ceiling. I forgot that it used to be full of plants apparently, but you know they're all turned to gold now. Um, that was talked about a lot. Yeah, but she is in a cage because the way that they portray it is to keep her safe. So, my initial thoughts on Arryn is that she is stupid. Yeah. And that is because you see the way she talks about King Midas, and she is smitten. Just absolutely madly in love with this psychopath. At first, I thought she was pathetic. See, yeah, that, that, that was the vibes I got, too. It's pathetic. But the way this book is set up is you get flashbacks from Arryn. Now, don't get me wrong. Throughout the books, one and two, Arryn grows so much as a character, and she becomes a boss, and we love her now. Mm-hmm. But the reason that we get that buildup is because you get to see flashbacks from her life before, and from when she was traveling with Midas before, and where she came from, and you just get to figure out small bits at a time. And when you're going through those, it's not that it makes it better that she is the way she is and that she's so complacent with being stuck in this cage, but it helps you understand why. Why she lets him basically, it's almost, I mean, I think it is abuse, really. The way he keeps her in a cage, um, the way she really has no freedoms at all. She's a caged bird, and she even talks about a, a frozen golden bird in one of the rooms. And she relates to that bird that's frozen in its cage. Mm -hmm. And that's how she feels. But she has a bit of acceptance about it because she's been so brainwashed by this 
jerk of a king. <laughs> I hate him. Um, so that she thinks that it's for her own good. He's doing this because he loves me. That I guess, I mean, the basic thing most severely abused people who are brainwashed say at yes. some point. Um, Jessica read this book first. And when I first started reading it, I think I made it three chapters, maybe the first chapter, because if you ever read it, it literally starts off with her being forced to watch Midas have sex with all the, the his other saddles, like with his other saddles. And so I immediately texted Jessica and I was like, this girl has Stockholm's. Is this yeah. about to be about a girl with Stockholm syndrome? And she was like, yeah, you're exactly right. She was on book two at this time. I started reading book one. And it made me really angry at first. So, the, because she's the favored, um, and the way it starts off, you already know that she is a little different than the other saddles. Um, but that also makes them hate her because why is she special? She's a saddle or a whore just like the rest of us. Why is she better than us? Why does she get to be gold touched? Mm -hmm. So, you have a lot of people hating on Aaron, um, not just the saddles, but obviously the king is married. He's got a queen and the queen doesn't like her because again, it's her husband's favored. Yeah. And, and I'm not convinced that the queen really likes her husband that much anyway. So how we talked about how in this world you have to have power to rule. Well, the queen was born into the ruling family. She was literally raised to rule, but her power mm -hmm. never came. She never received power. She That's not something she has. So when Midas came up and he has this power and it's to touch things and turn them to gold, he got her hand in marriage. So now he is married to the queen. Yeah. And so he is ruling. And she's like, this is my place. Mm -hmm. This is my kingdom. I should be ruling this place. And so, yeah, the queen starts off like really mean, obviously hating Arryn. But... There's kind of a reason. She's not happy in her spot either. She's not happy with the way her life's turned out with Midas. And she's really, uh, sorry, word, um, burnt, I guess. Yeah. I mean, not burnt. She's very angered. And she herself. should be. And she really should be because it's her rightful place to be ruler of this kingdom because it honestly, reading it, it doesn't seem like they have anything against women ruling in particular. No, just women with no power. Just women with no power or people with no power. Um, so that's one of those things that really, you understand why she hates Arn, but at the same time, knowing Arn as a character, she's very gullible. And I think mm -hmm. she wants people to like her. So I feel like the queen could have buddied up with her and this book would have went totally different. Yeah, I think they would have been stronger together. But right now, that's... Not something that I can see happening at this moment. No, not that I, I, I like the way it went. Yeah. I like the way it went. I do too. I think that eventually it would be really cool if the queen and Aaron buddy up and like yes. team up. That would be something that, that could come up that I'd be like, oh, that'd be a neat twist. Like a common goal, especially how much the queen hates her with reason. So yeah. I can't stress enough but who can we all hate together Midas. <laughs> i don't understand why and i think the problem with that is that the queen sees Arryn probably as just super weak yeah because whereas maybe she should hate Midas for being kept in this cage she likes it she enjoys it it's somewhere she wants to be yeah and and she probably sees her as complacent and okay with everything too mm -hmm. and like like it's all her fault 
like it's your fault. Yeah. Just places like this. And I feel like she puts a lot of that blame on Arn too, when it really mostly should all go to Midas. Yeah. She blames Midas plenty too, but she also lets Arn share some of that blame. So, and other characters. So since we're on the saddles right now, we can go to Rissa. Yeah. And um, so you'll have to read to figure out exactly how it goes through. But like I said, Arn's very gullible and she wants people to like her. And up to where I've read right now, I'm not 100% certain if she ever makes friends with any of the other saddles or not. But Riza is, seems like, in the first book, a potential friend. She seems like somebody who could be, who Arn wants to be a friend. Well, and Arn tries to help her, which goes horribly wrong. Um, because Arn's not, she's not stupid like I thought she was in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But she's not, she's very sheltered. She doesn't understand things. She's been in this cage for 10 years. Yeah, a long time. Ten years. She's just been like in this cage for ten years. years, so she doesn't know things. Yeah, and it's not her fault she doesn't know things. It's just things that she happens to not know that maybe she should. And I think Rissa is one of the first ones that Arn tries to reach out to to create a friend. And what I like about Arn is like even though she's uh, very misled, I like the fact that she still has a soft heart and really wants to be kind to them, even though she might not get kindness in return. Yes, and that is. The probably one of the most redeeming qualities about Arn that you notice right away mm -hmm. is that she does not really resent anybody. No, none of these people that hate her, she hates back. You never really hear her think anything like she that. She never says anything bad about them, like in her own internal dialogue. And her She's internal dialogue is awesome. Nice. Yes, one of my favorite parts of this whole book is Arn's internal di dialogue. Okay, I'm gonna. One thing, um, like, and this is so early in the book, but this is how, this is just how many great things I think she says. And this is a quote from, again, chapter two of the first book, so real early. She She's talking about the palace, she's talking about her cage, and she says, but while every room is opulent and my every view elegant, the luxury of it all has long since faded away from me. I guess that's bound to happen after being here for so long. Does it really matter if your cage is solid gold when you aren't allowed to leave it? A cage is a cage, no matter how gilded. And that's how the book starts off. It's just her talking about her cage, talking about her life, talking about the other saddles, talking about how no one likes her. And her internal dialogue and the way she seems like she has so much reason, like reasoning about the situation. But then when it's put into action, you see her being so gullible so it's kind of almost contradictory if you think about it yeah but it helps build her character it's who she is as a character and you see her growing more into her brain really yeah like who, so. who she is in her internal dialogue I feel like she grows into that person like maybe who she knew she should have been the whole time but she grows a lot her right. character growth is on point so, so Riz is the one that I feel like the only one that you really meet, the only saddle who's really a potential friend. Yeah. And she will absolutely help any of the other saddles with anything ever if she feels like they need it. Because yeah. she's that type of person. But, she wants to help. But Riz is also going to look out for herself, too. Yeah. So, I mean, even though she's a potential friend, I think all the saddles are looking out for number one, meaning... They're well, they're also not in a cage. So yeah. they've been out and they realize this is how we, what they you have, have to do survive. Yeah. And they're more in survival mode, even though they live 
really posh lives in a castle in a castle um they do have to watch out for themselves to make sure that they're taking care of themselves and keeping themselves alive so what about the other people she tries to make friends with so speaking of keeping alive mm-hmm. digby i like digby i have no idea how old digby digby is isn't he like older like maybe 40 that's how i'm picturing I don't know. 40s 50s i don't know in my head, I have a photo of Digby, and it's honestly really funny, because at one point in the book, you just don't really hear from Digby, and somebody on one of Raven Kennedy's posts on um, Instagram commented, hashtag, where's Digby, and I think that should be trending, mm-hmm. because one thing I need to know, beginning on May 31st, when book what three comes out, I want to know where Digby is at. I don't know where Digby is. But I need to know. I feel it in my heart that nothing can be wrong with him, because we need him. You can't, I mean, he can't just fall off the face of the earth. So we have to have Digby come back. That's going to have to happen. So that is her personal guard. He is the one who is always by her cage in the palace. Basically, his whole job is taking care of Arryn and making sure she's safe. Uh, I think he's described as having gray hair, almost like a fatherly figure. That's why it makes me think that he's older. But I I think he has the potential to be so cool. And he's so serious, and she tries to play with him. She's like, let's play a drinking game. And he's like, no. And he never will play back with her. Mm-hmm. But, but he's I, always there. He's always watching. She says that he almost cracks his smile a few yeah. times. And I think he genuinely cares about her, and I think it's so sweet. I love, I, I really wanted to see more of him before he just sailed off into the sunset. Now I don't know where he's at. <laughs> but dig in uh the the drinking game thing and when she's in the castle she does have a pretty severe drinking problem she drinks a lot of wine she talks about how much she loves the wine and that sometimes she wakes up and has a headache from all the wine and needs more wine Mm -hmm. which i mean you're you're in a cage by yourself where yeah there's not really (laughs) anything else she could be doing but she does love to drink, and I don't think DB necessarily supports it, but anytime something goes wrong, he's always there, and he never seems judgmental about it. Can I be real serious here? There are certain days, though, that I just want a cage in a library with a bottle of wine, and I'd be okay with it. Well, if you had you know, the key <laughs> inside the cage so that you could just keep everybody else out. You know, I, I'm locking people away from me. I'm not being locked away from people. <laughs> that would be one of the greatest things of going back to college is being able to go to the library and have a study room and just lock yourself in a study room. Oh, that would be, yeah, with all the books. But colleges don't have fun books. We could take they our Kindle with us. Kindle yeah. Unlimited. Take the Kindle. Yeah, <laughs> just leave them. Download all the books. But then you have to sneak the wine in. But I'm pretty sure if I was Auron and I had lived there for 10 years, it would probably get old. Yeah, uh, it would would get old. And that's why she wants to play drinking games with Digby. Mm -hmm. And that's why she talks to him when he sometimes doesn't talk back. Or any of the other guards. Because I know at the beginning there's one guard, and I don't even know if it mentions his name. He's very... But she was like, well, do you want to play a drinking game? And he kind of started laughing a little bit, and Digby shut him down. I think Digby fired him. Because I didn't, never you didn't, you didn't hear yeah. about him again. He said some things he shouldn't have said, and I think Digby took him out and probably beat the crap out of him, um, or did something, got him kicked off, whatever. There's also there there is a point where she goes on a journey, and she's leaving the um okay. the castle in the sixth kingdom. Yes, because they are all traveling to the fifth kingdom. Well, when she's traveling, a new guard starts walking with her named Sail. Sale's a really sweet guy. 
she even describes Salit multiple times as being her first real friend, like the first person she really felt like she could be friendly mm-hmm. with. He never judged her for being a saddle. That was never mm-hmm. he. He pers- joked with her. He joked with her. He told her about his home, and I think she really loved that because she mentioned several times, like about his mother and the things that she cooked and the things he did with his brothers. And he gave her freedom. He let her ride the horse. He didn't make her sit in the stuffy carriage. And that was her thing. Like, I've been in a cage all these years. I finally get to get out. I don't want to sit in another cage of a carriage. Let me ride on a horse. And Digby kind of helped her with that, too. Yeah. It was really Sale and Digby. And they they were on this together. And they were really the three of them. Digby was like the silent guard at this point. Mm -hmm. But when the saddles would yell things about it being unfair and her getting things that they don't, Sale and Digby both, but mostly Sale here because he was the one speaking, helped her like ride forward and keep moving. You will love Sale. You will think like, oh, I love this character. He's such a good guy. Sale's great. Just keep loving him. Just keep reading and keep loving him. Yeah, I do. I love Sale. And then whatever happens, don't 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 ever blame stop me loving him. And don't call. <laughs> don't say why. But. No, just keep. Sales a good guy, and I think that he, I think he's a great. His story is important. His so story is very important, and it's very important to her because I think she's been in this cage for ten years, and Digby has been her steady guard, and she's had a few back and forth that aren't really ever allowed to do anything because you definitely can't put your hands on the king's favored. That's not something that people are going to do. Um, and Sale really gave her the first taste of you are worthy of having people mm-hmm. be nice to you. And this whole first book is her finding freedom. So her getting it, like her being in the palace, her getting out of the palace, her traveling, experiencing the outside world um, after so long, meeting people, and then crap hits the fan. <laughs> yes. So all of this stuff starts happening. So at this point, what we've described is pretty much book one. Yes. Up to the point where the world building and the character yes. descriptions end, and probably some of the stuff we said goes into book two a little bit as well. But she's on this journey, and obviously, in no good book will the journey ever go perfectly. No. So something has to happen, and uh. <laughs> What, what better to happen than pirates? Yes. <laughs> so, and I will say, though, one of the themes in this book that is really tough, might be tough for some people, is that rape is very, a very big theme in this book. Yes. So, uh, trigger warning before you read it. It's a great book. But if you're uncomfortable with that. Maybe don't. Maybe skip a chapter. Because it does talk a lot about these people who are settled and they're basically sex workers and part of that is that other people see them as being not as human almost and just for sex so even if they're not the ones who are so like the king saddles are supposed to be for the king so they go into this job because they need money or maybe they just want to do the job knowing that this is who they'll be with and then other people think that that means that they can take it from them so that, well, I don't want to give away too much of that because I feel like that's actually kind of the, towards the end of the book, end of book one, where this is where you have the main, I guess, plot of that book, all the antagonists of that book show up. Um, 
that's like the where all the action comes in. Should we go to book two? Yeah. Okay. So, so book two. Yeah. Rolls over. And you can't go from one captor and not go straight to another captor. This is fantasy. You have to. So she basically is just moves on to a different uh, beast. And this but beast happens to be from the fourth this? kingdom that they are so terrified of. Yes. Fourth kingdom beast. I want that fourth kingdom beast. <laughs> um, <laughs> he can come capture me today. But. The one of the main parts that I feel like is important while she's with the fourth kingdom without giving too much away is that they keep expecting really bad things to happen. And they've heard awful things about this commander rip. We have to have a bad boy. Well, yeah, but he's not bad. I know, but like he's like the bad boy. Yeah. But they've heard awful things about him. Like his name is Rip because he rips people's heads right off their shoulders. Um and that's what these people think of him. But when they're in this fourth camp, they keep expecting these awful things to happen. Because honestly, if they got loose in a sixth kingdom camp, these are the things that would be happening. Yes, or any other and kingdom. Probably. Or any other kingdom. And so it's what they're expecting to happen. And the fourth kingdom surprises them a lot. And it surprised me as a reader a lot, but pleasantly surprised. It was it was great. And she spends a lot of time in this camp in the second book. So the most of the whole entire book is just her with the fourth kingdom camp. Um, and this is where she grows as a character. Like there were some character growth in the first book. Some. Very little. Mm -hmm. They push her to grow though. I think Commander Rip and his friends. Because you know he's got. She meets his like I guess inner circle of friends in this book. Even the cook that she meets and the healer and all these people that she interacts with at this camp are all like, be your own person, grow a backbone, get tough. And they push her to. And I think that this whole time she's been thinking about um, Midas and mm -hmm. everything that he said and what he told her. And that has been the, the truth mm -hmm. for this whole time. Well, every time she meets a person from this fourth kingdom who she, isn't some awful destroyer of worlds, she questions her she beliefs. She questions it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, besides her being pushed by all these people, her internal growth where she learns that maybe the things she's been thinking aren't necessarily correct happens in that camp. Now, towards the end, is she still brainwashed? Yeah. Um, maybe. Is she, maybe. Is she still probably too forgiving and willing to give people another chance. I shouldn't have other chances. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that there she, I think that she gets to a breaking point that if you keep reading, you'll be happy with. Yes. And that'll make you want to see the, read the third book even more. <laughs> yes. We are obviously dying for book three. I'm struggling. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much, I feel like, all we can give away without really giving away too much. But we want you guys to be excited for book three. But the best way to get excited for book three is to just read the first two. Yes. And the great thing about this book is when you think it's starting to get slow, something comes up and it's action again. Something grips you. So I know world building can sometimes be too much. Yes, this is a lot of world building, but it's done so it's just done so perfectly that the moment that you start to think, it's going to go on too long. Something happens and you're surprised. So I feel like there's always something surprising happening in the books that keeps showing your toes. So to finish this off real quick before we do our reviews, we're going to read some of our favorite quotes from this book, these books because there were a lot of really good quotes. 
So my two favorites from Guild and Glint, respectively. Uh, I've actually posted them on my bookstagram, Haley underscore K underscore reads. The one from Guild is, it's the arrogance of men to think so little of women, and it'll be their downfall too. I really liked that one because it was pretty early on in the book, and it was a lot of foreshadowing. I was really into it. My favorite one from Glint was, did I think he was beautiful before? I take it all back. He's an ugly bastard. That one I feel like really kind of portrays how Aaron's internal dialogue went and how she, her, her cursing was just kind of funny to me. So I liked it. So I think the wisdom in these books are just, it's just so great. The, the quotes and I feel like she's very mature, actually, if you really think about it, even though she's um, initially so misguided. But this is toward the, I guess, later parts of the first book where she says, men making deals on the behalf of women never seems to go very well for the women. I just thought that was just really a great quote and so true. And it, again, it kind of hit that switch in me mm -hmm. that I was like, you go girl. Like, absolutely. Then I really could not, I really could not pick just one Not on the second book. And I think that the quotes I picked are where she starts to find her strength um, or it's kind of brought up to her and she starts to question things. So I've actually picked three from the second book. And the first one is sometimes he murmurs that things, things need to first be ruined in order to then be remade. The second one is I thought because I've changed that he would change too. What a silly, naive thought. I actually love that quote. Yeah. Just the, it was just... Just saying that that's what, such a silly, naive thought that just because I've changed that someone else would change as well. So she grew. Everyone around her didn't. So I thought that was interesting. And then the last one, I've been bending over backwards for so long, I forgot I even had a spine. Mm -hmm. So I thought those were great, great quotes. And that last one that she read actually plays on one of the earlier quotes, I think, from book one where she talks about how she's not sure if her bones are made of gold, but she wishes that her... She wishes her spine her was. Her spine was made of gold. And this kind of shows where she's growing a backbone, so mm -hmm. to speak, a little bit. So I really like that. Yes. So rankings. Here we are. So five-star rankings, just as if we were to do it on Goodreads. Jessica, how would you rank book one? Guild. Oh, see. Okay. So I was prepared to save for the all of it. But book one. Oh, this is hard. I feel like all together I would give it a five star. I think I'd have to give them both five stars, honestly, because I could not wait to read the next one. I feel like that's what an author wants. Like when you're going to write a series, especially you want them to finish that book and say, I need the next one now. And that's how I felt when I finished book one. I need to know what happens right now. Did it start off kind of slow? At, that's hard to say, like maybe, but then I couldn't put it down. So is it really that slow if you can't put the book down? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. So I, I have to go five for both of them. I really love the books. So for me, getting into the books initially took a while. I think that may have been more of a personal issue because I'd been reading so many books. I mean, I was probably on well over a hundred for the year and 
I was burnt out almost. And then Jessica was raving about this book and it was a retelling of King Midas and I got excited about it. So I read it anyway. So I don't want to fault the book on me. And like Jessica said, by the time I made it to the end of the book, I could not have waited to read the second book. I'm really glad it was already out. Now I can't wait to read the third book and I'm glad that I only have a couple months. But I'd probably rank the first book a 4.5 because of how slow it started off. But then, I'm not going to lie, by the end of it, I'm glad that she built the world up so much. I'm glad that it had all of that. And I would definitely, hands down, rank book two a 5 out of 5 stars. And now I cannot wait for third. And I just know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be 5 out of 5. So, I have no doubts. For the third book. Here's what I hope, because obviously this series, this isn't done. So I could say, I wish it had this in it, but there's still another book to come out. So mm -hmm. this is what I hope the third book has. I hope the third book has more of the romance because there's a romance budding. I'm ready for the romance. I want the third book to have romance in my face. I hope it does. Um, <laughs> I but I also want to see R&B built as a character outside yes. of being romantically involved with somebody. Because exactly. it's really her love for Midas that made her so weak. Yeah. So I want her to see her grow outside of being in love. And I think that she did really good with that in book two. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can continue that a little bit, but then add love anyway. Yes. Don't weaken the character, but <laughs> make that love happen. Um, I mean, it's, it's there. You, you see it, you see it forming. So I hope it comes to something. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think I would like to see the queen do something interesting. And I'd like to see uh, Rissa, one of the saddles. Yes. I want to see her do awesome things. Do like, I don't know. I feel like I want to see her and Aaron be like friends. Real friends. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, also hashtag where's Digby. Yeah. Oh, I want Digby, Digby back. <laughs> Take me. So, so, he at? so our main goal is we want to find Digby, Where'd we want Arn to find go? herself, we want somebody <laughs> to find love, and yes. we want Rizzo to be a friend. <laughs> yes, that's what we want for the third book. That's a lot of requests. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we have to have four. I don't know. Three, don't, four books, five. We'll see. <laughs> we, we don't ask for too much. Yeah. But the books are that good. We really can't wait for the next one and highly recommend that yes. you go read these. Read it. All right. Thanks for listening to For the Love of Fiction. We will see you next time. See ya.